Hello, this is the HSJ Health Check podcast. I'm your host, Annabelle Collins, and I'm joined by Matt Discombe and Dave West. From one outstanding trust to another, Jim Mackey is on the move. And on this episode, we'll be discussing more about what this means for the Northeast, along with news of more interesting leadership changes in the Midlands after David Lawton has announced his retirement. But first of all, let's talk about the Northeast, starting with Jim Mackey. And as many of our listeners will know, a very experienced NHS chief executive and leader currently in charge of the elective recovery programme for NHS England. So, Matt, let's start with what was announced earlier this week. So we had this announcement on Monday that uh, Sir Jim Mackey um, was going to be named the new chief executive of Newcastle Hospitals. Uh, Foundation Trust um, and he will be taking on this role uh, at the start of next year when the current CEO uh, Dame Jackie Daniel will be uh, will be stepping down um, and it's uh, clearly a, a, a major uh, move for Sir Jim um, because you know Newcastle are a major um, trust in northeast which is obviously a, a, a place very close to his heart um major major tertiary provider lots of specialized services going on as well as lots of acute services for the region um and as so as part of that he'll be leaving uh uh north umbria healthcare foundation trust um at the end of the year and he's also been um doing a number of national roles for the uh for nhs england um so he was interim chief operating officer. He's going to step down from there, and Dave, in a minute, is going to talk about what's happening at the at the top of NHSE as a result of that. But he's also been leading the um, elective recovery nationally, which is something he will um, be continuing in. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's on the whole a very interesting move because this, this was one he was uh, linked with um, back in uh, 2018 when uh, Dame Jackie took over, and um, clearly a clearly a job which uh, which you know really excites him, um, and yeah, it's an exciting opportunity for him to go uh, from from one trust uh, Northumbria, which is um, rated outstanding, um, and to another outstanding rated trust but um uh, a m- much bigger one so yeah it's a very interesting move um and perhaps just to throw a bit of a, a curveball at you matt um some of the comments underneath your story were sort of noting well jim mackie is a really experienced leader very well respected perhaps um it's a shame that some very experienced leaders aren't going to trusts that are struggling a bit more because as you've said Newcastle is another outstanding trust. I, I wonder how you'd respond to comment, comments like that because I, I found it quite interesting. Um, it, is, it, is a, it is an interesting one. Um, I would say um, with if we're looking at Sir Jim's situation, I mean, I, th- I think he's um, he's very, you know, he's, he's based in the northeast and in northeast a lot. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a region which is known for having um, largely very uh, good uh, performing uh, services, with some exceptions, of course, um, but some of the health with health outcomes currently aren't uh, aren't as good as uh, elsewhere in in the country, um, and so, you know, when a, when you know a a job like this comes up for Sir Jamie's, um, you know, it's very very attractive uh, for him. Um, in terms of, um, yeah, I. I'm 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 not I'm not sure I'm not sure why why these why why in the more general sense 
bigger, uh, more experienced um, leaders don't go to the more challenged trust. I don't know if Dave's got any thoughts on that. Uh, well, yeah, there I mean, there's a range of reasons, aren't there? Like it's it's really difficult, and you might get the um, you know, the politicians and the centre might kind of come and just um, uh, come and kind of pull the rug out from un from under you. Um, the CQC will turn up and uh, make your life more difficult, and you don't necessarily get paid um as well, and so on and so on. Um, so, but I mean, I think in Jim's case, it's not like he's um, you know, he certainly hasn't sort of turned down difficult challenges over the years he went to um work at nhs improvement um and then he's now doing the elective recovery thing uh leading elective recovery which will continue um despite leaving the um coup um despite leaving the nhs england coup job he's still going to do that which you know let's face it i mean it's 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 um you know you can argue about what's most difficult can't you but only dealing with the politicians and the central people and trying to get trusts around the country to kind of do more on electives and dealing with all the financial consequences of all that and everything is you know it's not a, it's not an easy challenge at all um and um one thing on that point north cumbria uh you know because jim's move is a huge um development for the for the whole region there as well as um as well as uh you know for newcastle and northumbria and there's long been attempts um and to get um northumbria and and newcastle to kind of be more involved in in north cumbria um trust which is a uh, you know although it's not actually flashing red on the problem um problem monitors at the moment it, it, it is just, you know struggling trust because rural and coastal and really difficult to recruit and it's you know it was not so long ago it was in special measures and there's always financial problems and actually jim um, um, I think Northumbria did kind of take over, and uh, I think Northumbria did take over North Cumbria at one point, at least have a management relationship, and so he has been involved in all sorts of attempts to 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 help out North um, Cumbria, um, and um, and and to, you know with some success, like like we've said, um, and at Newcastle, you know it will be interesting to see what happens with developments between um, Newcastle now Jim's moved to Newcastle um, FT. And with with Jim's uh, old trust in North Northumbria, which there's traditionally been, you know, over the years has been very deep tensions between the two of those. So I mean, whether that's had played a part in why, um, you know, Jim didn't move immediately to that job last time it came up because those those tensions between Newcastle and Northumbria, which are still um, st still there, but I suspect a bit less um, potent than they were a few years ago. Um, uh, you know, it's what happens with the connections between those two organisations and what happens with connections between Newcastle and North Cumbria, because actually like really trying to help out across across there is very important. And there are, you know, Newcastle does have a role in some of the specialised services in in Cumbria. And um, and and so if they can develop that, that would be good. Although it's, you know, I think everyone says oh, it's really quite hard because it's sort of still quite a long way away and just pure miles. And you know, getting people to go and work over there is like not easy, even if you're kind of offering a job with the Newcastle badge. Also, Gate said FT is obviously is is right on the doorstep. And other kind of regional, you know, there's other things that you can do from Newcastle to help develop the region in terms of you know economically. And then Jackie Daniels pushed on a lot of that, but also um, and in terms of public health and uh, in terms of, but also the neighbouring trust like Gates. I don't know Gates said is, is not um, particularly underperforming trust, is it, Matt? But it is it has had a few difficulties. So, um, so you know, there, there'd be times when certainly people would ask, well, why do those two trusts not have
have joint leadership um, or a lot more close working and um, I think we'll come on to talk about T's uh, just south of there but you know it is interesting and it's not certainly notable that the gym is not remaining the chief executive of North Northumbria so they're not going for a sort of formal joint leadership thing here but I'm sure that um, you know the whole strategy of many people in the NHS or many people leading the NHS at the moment is to try and get providers to collaborate so they'll all be looking to, to how that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, interesting. You 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 mentioned North Cumbria just very quickly. I mean, um, it's it's uh, New, Newcastle are, um, yeah, famously running the uh, cancer centre at uh, Cumberland Infirmary in 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 Cumbria. So there is that that partnership uh, there between Cumbria and 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 Newcastle, especially in terms of cancer. Yeah. Dave, I wanted to pick on something. Pick up on something you said. You mentioned there were tensions between Newcastle. Well, and North, for years, North Cumbria. I mean, Yes, I mean it, it was very much one on the door. It's a sort of DGH on the doorstep of the mm. big specialist, or several DGHs on the doorstep of the big yeah. specialist trust, and um, you know goes back many um, decades. Uh, tensions between um, between those two, uh, you know, kind of a six in Northumbria, and you know, let's say Jim's been was been chief executive there for a, a more than eighteen years, and it's been a real successful sort of. Um, you know, um, what's the word? Kind of an FT, a foundation trust, which is kind of, you know, punched above its way and achieved a lot, built a very famous, you know, um, high profile new specialist hospital, really quite close to Newcastle, not a million miles from Newcastle. And so, you know, it, it develops all sorts of medical and clinical and um, managerial tensions. And the Jackie Daniel's predecessor, Len Fennick, which, you know, there's a lot of whole backstory there but that um that people would have to look up separately but the um but you know there's any significant tensions between him and and um and Jim at Northumbria so but I think you know a lot of that is is progressing and becoming you know as signaled by the appointment it's, it's a lot so this is moving on but um but there's still some some underlying stuff there so this and it's kind of an interesting microcosm of some of the other uh, uh, kind of issues across the NHS about what what the feeling is that what the NHS has to do in this really um, tight situation financially and in terms of needing radical and rapid transformation of services is to get providers to um, not to compete um, uh, uh, not to compete in terms of you know for activity or in terms of reputation but to actually work together and take costs out and uh, consolidate services and things like that so it's um, and try and get the you know get a better bang for their buck together and Matt Newcastle as we've we've said a few times outstanding trust but it isn't without challenges um i know you wrote earlier this year about a, i think a warning notice being handed to the trust about i think there were concerns around some of the mental health care it was giving at the time um i just wonder what do you think will be in um jim's in tray when he starts starts the job well um like most providers you know big big priorities are going to be around um, elective and emergency recovery um so um north umbria healthcare being a strong performer in both of those things and when jim takes over newcastle he's going to be inheriting what is currently the ninth biggest waiting list in the english nhs um but relatively few 52 week 66 waiters um in terms of uh, emergency recovery, uh, the, again, one of the one of the stronger performers, um, so, um, but only just meeting the seventy six percent A and E target, um, and whether or not that's going to be maintained over winter, uh, we'll wait and see. Um, 
there could be a potential challenge um, around um, uh, IT. So there was a story uh, last uh, month in which uh, thousands of uh, patient letters were um, were effectively lost in their EPR system. Um, some of which um, related to you know patient care and you know onwards um, uh, care planning, um, test results, that that sort of thing. And there's an on going investigation uh, into that we're, we're, we're told this could be this should be um completed by the time gym starts but it could be um greater fallout from that um there's a there's a there's a capital um uh project which is seems to be falling by the wayside as well there's there's going to be a 190 million pound new wing at the Royal Victoria Infirmary um that was bidding for new hospital program money um but didn't get it um obviously nhp um prioritized those trusts with um raac concrete um so one of the reasons why newcastle have missed out on that um and so the question remains what goes on with that um with that particular project and also um see overseeing the the the, the changes in it, uh, cqc uh wanted to see as well um after their warning notice in February around mental health services and learning disability services. Um, so yeah, that 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 that, that gives you a flavour of uh, Jim's intray when he uh, uh, starts next year. Mm. And of course, this move has had a um, knock on effect um, in terms of NHS England leadership. And um, he was previously chief chief um, chief operations officer. Is that is that right? Um, so he's currently yeah. interim interim chief operating officer. Okay, yeah, right. Since um, since David Sloman stood down in the summer um, from from that role, and certainly a big. Although that's a quite short time. Uh, Jim had been um, a previously elective uh, recovery lead at, at NHS England, so putting in some time there, and um, and I think has actually been putting in quite a lot of time in, into this interim coup role in the last just the last few months, uh, and um, you know appeared at the public. He was sort of speaking at the first public board in that capacity just early this month, um, and you know he's really uh, sort of experienced for that role, having previously been NHS improvement. Um, Chief Executive uh, uh, for a couple of years, and um, and all his experience in around the NHS. Um, so it is a it is a you know he had been playing a big part in NHS England's work and in you know managing the relationship with government and things on on elective recovery and you know driving performance locally on elective recovery and leading the strategy into all the different areas improvement that you've talked about on the podcast with with James Millman uh, and before um, and other other episodes. So yeah, it is a big big change there um, and they're bringing in sorry Annabelle no I think you're just about to answer that Dave <laughs> well yeah I mean so with the announcement NHS England moved um, quickly to announce another replacement interim chief operating officer in Emily Lawson who um, is currently a director of delivery unit at, at 10 Downing Street and she she had previously worked at NHS England as a kind of chief commercial officer type role on the board um, uh, in the senior executive team. Uh, and then during COVID was, um, you, you know, 
pulled into as as was everyone into COVID operation rules. But I think sort of fair to say she kind of uh, really came into her own and sort of played a blinder during the pandemic, both more, most famously with the pandemic, with the um, vaccine delivery, uh, with the vaccine delivery uh, program, which, of course, um, has been sort of was celebrated uh, uh, nationally at the time, um, but also, you know, less famously, I think that Emily did a lot of the uh, kind of sorting out some of the early operational um, kind of logistical problems, you know, some of the biggest sort of disasters in terms of the COVID um, response were essentially logistical things about getting PPE around the place, um, buying it and getting it around the place and, um, uh, you know, testing as well as a kind of big logistical thing. And although, um, you know, they were not terribly successful, they weren't immediately they were things which NHS England said are, are not our responsibility. But I think that in terms of getting them working better, it seems that um, Emily is credited with with quite a big role in that, and actually, and, and was very her skills in um, sort of uh, operational um, mobilisation and rapid planning and response were were very useful. Um, I think, and presumably, therefore, she was asked to do the the, the vaccination job and was got her uh, damehood for that. So I think, though, although she. Um, so I think she's got some quite a lot of, uh, you know, people who, who admire and like and respect her in, in NHS England and clearly connections, you know, worked well with government as well, hence going to number 10 through this kind of Boris Johnson and then um, Rishi Sunak period. Um, and so we'll be able to manage all that stuff. What she obviously doesn't have, which Jim had, was sort of being steeped in um, local and regional NHS uh, management, which is traditionally something that chief operating officers of the NHS do do have and she doesn't so people note that you know her her connect close connection to the government uh, is is in, in sort of central roles is is more there uh, but obviously a useful thing in in operations kind of those those logistical skill and sort of uh, organizational skills and perhaps the political side of things will be really useful over this next year as well as we kind of go into sort of pre-election winter and then more pre-election months you know everyone's expecting and what everyone is feeling and expecting the politicians the ministers to be kind of all over um all over nhs delivery so perhaps that will come in handy Mm, I noticed that she's interim interim coup. So yeah, they do say. I mean, they. I think the um. Yeah, it's only an interim thing. So you know, I don't mm. know how, how long um what what they're planning there. But um, but it, they have stated they wish to advertise and recruit in the new year. But I think an important question is, well, how possible is that? Um, mm. because um, uh. The um, you know, we've seen how slowly some of these um, appointments have been getting signed off by government lately. Anyway, you know, I mean, C Caroline Clark, who um, is the London Regional Director, uh, you know, took famously months and months and months to, for that appointment to be formalised. NHS England's currently waiting for some non-executive director appointments that, that, that have been well overdue. You know, I think they were interviewed in the early spring or in the spring and 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 then seem to be stuck in government, Department of Health or um or Treasury or whatever. Um again, so in a again in a running up to an election year, are they really going to be able to uh advertise, get some good people who actually want to do that job? substantively um and then get them to uh, you know get that all sort of signed off by government before a general election whereas you know actually there are you know there are some some people um you know there are a number of people in the system who are steeped in nhs operations mm -hmm. and delivery who could potentially do it in interim or um uh interim or substantive capacity but you know maybe it's better for them to uh, you know whether they would really want to come and do it in the substantive capacity where you've got a general election which often will lead to significant change at the 
in the senior levels in the NHS anyway. I'm not, I'm not sure. It does feel like there's been quite a bit of churn in that coup role, though. I mean, it's there's been a, quite a few different, I think, yeah, quite a few different people taking it over just a few months. I would just wonder whether you think that's been quite disruptive um, at kind of quite a crucial time, I suppose, kind of operational direction. Hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose it has. I suppose um, that, yeah, it's certainly not what really what uh, people at the top would want. Um, you know, I forget exactly when David Sloman took it on. It was after the peaks of COVID, wasn't it? Because he was the London mm. director at that point. It's not really what they want because, yeah, it's a crucial sort of role, almost like one of the top three, particularly, you know, with David and Jim in those jobs, one of the real central decision making roles um, at, the, at the heart of the NHS and connection with government and everything. So it's not it's not uh, ideal. I mean, a lot of similar other, you know, other good people have been and experienced people have been around, obviously, Amanda, the chief mm. and Julian Kelly of finance and, you know, um, Jim is not actually giving it up all altogether. All I think he's sort of planning to do, you know, one day a weekish still NHS England leading the elective recovery thing, which is kind of government's main interest in the NHS after all, and a big part of the operations as well. So he's been there, you know, all along since taking that up and is not is not going away altogether. And then you've got, you know, regional directors play a big role in in the in all that operations, which has been fairly um continuous. Um Sarah Jane Marsh, the deputy coup who started um when she started the big very sort of beginning of this calendar year, I think, wasn't it last Christmas kind of Matt, but also had some previous roles. So she's um she's sort of got some continuity there as well. Um and before we move away from the the northeast shall we um just cover the last bit of kind of interesting leadership changes at uh, north and and south east matt you're also looking at this uh, a few yes ago. yes um so um just going back in time um a little bit um back to february of last year um at north uh, tees and hartlepool trust around five of uh, six uh, non-executives um staged a a walkout um, and this was in uh, response to um, plans being um, spearheaded by uh, Professor Derek Bell who was the joint chair of North Tees and South Tees Hospitals Trusts um, to um, basically install a joint CEO between those trusts. Um, what followed then was a NHS England report which we covered um, earlier this year um, which in which they essentially um, uh, was very critical of um, of not, not what's happened what had happened at North Tees and essentially said to them you, they, that they needed to progress at pace with the plans to merge the leadership between the two trusts or face formal action. Um, so very clear uh, warnings there. And um, yeah, since then. Um, work has been uh, progressing to uh, to appoint a uh, joint CEO um, and to uh, merge the kind of leadership between the trusts. Um, and so um, it, this week it's been confirmed that Stacey Hunter uh, is currently the chief executive of Salisbury um, Foundation Trust uh, will be um, taking that particular helm as the first joint CEO between those two trusts mm. and like Jim um, going to be starting in that new role in early uh, 2024. Um, you might wonder what's happening with um, the two 
current CEOs of the two trusts. Um, just very quickly, Julie Gillen, um, Chief Exec of Naughties, um, has effectively uh, set down, is what we understand. And um, um, is the, um, the managing director of uh, of, of Naughties, is currently the accountable officer in a, in a sort of interim uh, capacity. Sue Page, who works, uh, who's the CEO of uh, South Tees. Um, yeah, we, 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 we asked what's what's happening with her, we're not sure, um, but uh, if she, she's going to be staying on some capacity or whether she wanted uh, the job, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, what would hopefully be uh, the end of a bit of a journey, I suppose, for the, for the, for the two trusts. Um, a bit, a bit of a uh, bit of uh, history, um, as a bit all context from uh, from speaking to people. It seemed that you know Southies um, did want. Um, well, there was a lot more willingness on Southies side to, to merge with uh, Northies. Um, on Northies side, there was a bit of um, a concern historically about um, about the uh, the PFI debt at um, Southies, namely for James Cook University Hospital, which is very significant. Um, and at the time um, of these concerns, Northeast was rated good by the CQC. Southeast requires improvement. I think the both now rated requires improvement, but the CQC, the differential between CQC ratings was a concern. Um, but a bit of leveling that, down there. Bit of leveling, yes. Um, but um, but 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 look, I mean, they 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 would say that you know they've um, they've. Yeah, the, the the current boards. Um, I mean, I've um, I've, I've just been going through the history here, but the current boards seem very, you know, on board with the idea of uh, merging leadership and all the, uh, I suppose, the um, bureaucratic advantages that brings. Um, and they you know, the yeah, that that would be hopefully be the end, um, the the next stage in that in that journey for them. Um, did ask whether they're going to be merging formally, and they said no. Um, but we'll watch this space. I think it's more of that sort of story of this whole consolidation and collaboration that people are forcing, isn't it? And the kind of deal is sort of like trusts, which we think, you know, if the NHS system thinks they should be collaborating and if they're refusing, then it might sort of force in more material terms like it did here and say you must have shared leadership, um, sort of force them to to do that whereas if it sort of feels that it's happening voluntarily like maybe it now is in Newcastle and Northumbria and stuff then it'll kind of let it let it happen more voluntarily but it's it is that kind of like story of the move from again like Northumbria there was kind of strong proud independent foundation trusts North Tees and, and, and South Tees and uh, a lot of you know when the foundation trusts were created a lot of the new Labour um, cabinet who had seats up there Danelle and uh peter mandelson and alan milburn and tony blair and things and so and they were also like particularly you know when alan milburn was at health they're kind of stoking these sort of proudly the investment in these kind of um successful it fiercely independent foundation trust me gates that is still independent very quite small um and uh, whereas now they're kind of being pressed into sort of a, a, a gunpoint into collaboration if you call it collaboration, whether they got involved, I'm not sure. And before we wrap up, Dave, um, I think, as I said in the intro, we should just mention David Lawton, very long-standing CEO, announced his retirement. I think it was at the end of, of the end of last week we reported that. Um, and yeah, that's that will be an interesting position to fill down in Wolverhampton. 
Yeah, yeah, again, the chief executive of two um, trusts, uh, you know, most most notably Wolverhampton for ages and um, for 19 years, I think it's sort of slightly longer than um, than Jim Mackey had at Northumbria, uh, which was 18 years and a bit. And um, luck, fortunately, we did a little look to everyone's experience in the how long everyone had been in post in the summer because mm-hmm. of this issue of um, of high turnover in the last couple of years and of um, there being lots of first time and sort of short tenure chief executives and um, you know at that point in in August um, so the third longest chief executive in post was David Loughton and the fourth was um, Jim Mackey first being Callie Palmer um, at Royal Marsden and the second um, Anne Marr at St Helens and Nosley. Um, so, you know, the third and fourth of those are now either retired in David's case or moved to a new job in Jim's case. So that's going to kind of bring down the uh, average um, mean tenure already a lot uh, further down. Um, it had been, I think the mean was about four years, the median was like two years when we when we looked at that in the summer. Um, so, you know, more movement and more new faces, albeit like, you know, clearly getting a very experienced person in, in Jim at, at Newcastle who will get to sort of do that, you know, Alex we'll get to do that sort of pinnacle of um of nhs management leading that sort of um that big specialist uh, tertiary trust there um but the other thing again you know we're sort of plowing on this same um uh playing the same record again but the um david nicholson is the chair of four trusts across that system um isn't he, in the black country for mm. acute trusts and so for, they are you know collaborating in, in that sense and i suspect are doing more behind the scenes and he will need to decide what he thinks the best way of sort of organizing the executive management of that is whether you should have one chief executive or merge or whether actually it's better to, to have separate um, chief executives for each trust as long as they're kind of um, willing to collaborate Interesting. Well, thanks very much both. Um, I think on that note, time to wrap up the podcast this week, but thanks very much for listening. And just a reminder, it's available every week, wherever you listen to your podcasts and on our website. We'll be back next week.